You are listening to Sports Roundtable. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Sports Roundtable for episode 240. Before we continue with our multitude of subject matters, I have a couple of announcements to make. First of all, this is episode 240, and today will be our first Sports Roundtable episode where we will be welcoming participants live on the show. Halfway through, we will allow them to ask questions of our panelists, which are, besides myself, Don Wardlow. Say there, how's everybody doing? Great, thanks. Michael Garrett. Hello, everybody, from a warm and blustery Missouri City, Texas, just back from a cool Bolingbrook, Illinois. All right. Our beat baseball team participated in the Bolingbrook Bash, beat baseball bash. Beat baseball, yes. Okay. Luther King. Luther King. I know you're present, so we'll get back to you. Peter Alchel at the moment Good is afternoon, not here. Oh, hi, Luther. How are you? From a very muggy Nashville, Tennessee, and I will be right back. All right. And Peter Alchel at the moment is not here. I have no official word whether he will be or not. He indicated that he may not be because of a move, but we'll see what happens as the show progresses. I thought Pete from yesterday said he would not be. All right. Thank you, Luther. I do want to extend thanks to people who make it possible for Sports Roundtable to be made available to the general public. Aside from our host, Tom, who's going to be facilitating for our participants, Raymond Gay, our producer, Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place. Thank you very much. Rosie's Place is a chat line. They post our shows up there. Our media outlets, as well as Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions, who archives Sports Roundtable on our website, which is www.brancoevents.com. So I want to start out with hockey. We now know who's going to participate in the finals, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Colorado Avalanche. If Tampa Bay wins, it will be their third cup in a row. So I would say unequivocally that Tampa Bay is part of a dynasty. I predicted that Colorado would win the cup. I still maintain that they will. We'll see what happens. Any thoughts on the hockey finals? What I don't get is how did the Rangers just collapse after all the good they did against Carolina? They, they really took care of them good. And then, you know, seems I don't know if it was four straight, but it sure seemed like it. Well, you know, Don, I've said this in the past, and I'll say it now as well. Hockey is one of the most unpredictable sports where playoff competition is concerned. Anybody can win in hockey. I mean, I really believed when Carolina was eating up the Bruins that they might win the whole thing. But then the Rangers eliminated them, so you never know. But we'll see what happens. I also want to discuss the NBA Finals. 
Boston oh, and Golden State. Before you get before you go go there, yes. I just want to talk about just the scoring in 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 hockey. I, I think I mentioned it a, a few episodes uh, before, and you guys said it was about the same. But but the the scoring seems to be higher, and Tampa Bay seems to have the 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 ability to to make make points. So I think it's going to be a a really good series. I'm not a big hockey fan, but but uh, I think you guys have made me pay more attention to it. Okay, do you have any thoughts on the Avalanche or? No, no, okay. I'm, I'm I'm in the well, Tampa Bay camp. Yeah, the Avalanche can skate, as we as we know, as they basically skated all over the Blues and pretty much swept the Oilers. Because I, I thought the Oilers would at least get one in the series. They didn't even get one. They didn't even get a game. They got swept basically in their own building. Now, Tampa, on the other hand, after game two, apparently they figured some adjustments out that basically put the Rangers back on their heels. And then Shisnerkin, as you could tell, he was really upset because he thought that the knot got the net got knocked off its pegs. And the officials went over and reviewed it. And basically after that. There was no more scoring because lightning shut it down. So basically in all sports is about adjustments. Who can make the adjustments? And now we get to see if Colorado is going to be able to do what they've been able to do through the Western Conference against a team that when they get a lead, for the most part, can lock it down. So who's going to win the cup? And I'm hearing Tampa could get Braden Point back at some point in this series. I mean, I like Tampa's chances to do a three-peat, but I wouldn't be shocked if Colorado wins it either. But until I see, you know, the champ get beaten four, I'll go Tampa in seven. A good series, though. I wish yeah, good and luck it, to start, both it sides. starts in Denver. Starts in Denver. Tomorrow Wednesday. evening, yes. Wednesday, Wednesday evening. Yes. That would probably be going and it would probably coincide with game six of the NBA Finals, unless the NBA Finals is playing tonight and then getting another two days off and playing on Thursday. I think it's Thursday only because they play tonight, game yep. five. And then they game, travel. Well, we know game seven is on Sunday, and I doubt very much they'll have three days off between games. Oh, well, it's, That's ba- it's basically, of. yeah, basically it's been two. Yeah, because it was like game one Thursday, then two days off, game two Sunday, game three. The only day there was a day off was between games three and four. Well, I'm saying Wednesday and Friday. So now it's another two days until we're back to that Monday, Thursday triumphant. Exactly. Because game seven, if there is a game seven, will be be back in back on the left coast so logically if you've got a game tonight and game seven is sunday it would only make sense that game six was thursday yeah that would balance things off yep it would you know and plus and plus both teams are traveling back across country which means your golden state's getting three hours and boston's picking and boston for tonight is lost three hours they'll get those hours back when they travel back to boston for game six after flying out i think tuesday morning I wish the Celtics, as a Celtics fan, I'll make this statement. There may be some Golden State fans out there, 
But as a Celtics fan, I wish they would win two games in a row. That would be very helpful. The Celtics are the most inconsistent doggone puzzle I can't figure out. Because they had the Warriors basically dead to rights on Friday night in game four. And then what do they do? They let Steph Curry get going. And when they let Steph Curry get going, all bets are off. And if you continue to think you can single cover Steph Curry with the best defensive player on the planet and Mark is smart, and he still finds a way to beat you, that's a problem. Well, well, Luther, Luther, there's there's this idea or this thought, and it seems to be public, that the Celtics' approach is Steph Curry, you can't beat us by you can't beat us by yourself. If well, I think Boston. Else, I think Boston found out the hard way that he can. And if they don't figure out uh, a way to put, if they don't figure out a double teams uh, tactic with maybe putting a Jason Tatum, maybe or an Al Horford, because basically you put Marcus Smart one on one and pick and roll, that basically limits what Marcus Smart can do. But what from what State I understand, out, from what I understand, that's the way they they're going to play. They're going to play it that way. Well, they, well let me just put it this that, way: through the first four games of the finals. This stat really kind of gobsmacked me a little bit. He's averaging over 34 and a half a game. Six yep. assists. No, what is it? Six boards, four assists, and two steals a game in the finals. I think that would pretty much tell you that ain't going to work. He's almost averaging 35 a game. And if he puts up another 40 tonight and you get something out of Clay Thompson and Draymond Green with his assists and all that and get some help from Poole, Boston's in trouble because Boston, yeah, they may have figured out the third quarter, but you can't let a championship caliber team that has been there, done that, trying to win their fourth championship in eight years. This is almost San Antonio Spurs Lake. Well, the question they're having now is, do you play Draymond uh, or do you switch him off with, with Looney? Because Draymond is not giving you the scoring. He's, he is well, the thing is, nil. I don't think he needs to. You don't need to. I mean, the thing is, look, Draymond scored two points. But if he's doing the other things, rebounding, assisting, taking up space, clearing space out, setting screens, Draymond has never been a guy that can get you 20 a night. Could he get you 15, 7, and 5? Definitely. Could he even get you 10, 8, and 6? Definitely. If you can get Draymond being active Draymond instead of, okay, I'm just going to lollygag on the floor, do nothing, and be bored, that's the Draymond you need without the technical foul stupidity, of course. Active presence of Draymond is much better than getting aloof Draymond when he goes completely nuts. And that's going to be the key of Golden besides Steph Curry. I think this series is going to be about which team learned something from a previous game. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Exactly. Who can take the lesson? Who can take the lessons of game four, apply them to game five, and finish? The series basically been a war of attrition. And there was one stretch, what was it? Like three and a half minutes ago, where Boston kept shooting threes. Boston never used a low post. I mean, 
Al Horford and the other guy that they have, Golden State doesn't have that. So if you know if Golden State's being for if Boston's being forced to shoot threes, which they're not really good at, you're playing right into Golden State's hands. Except when Williams gets hot. <laughs> well, Williams wasn't hot on Game Four. <laughs> Williams wasn't hot in Game Four. He dis- he, he, play, he pulled a disappearo act. He's almost kind of like Draymond Green. Is he going to be active? That's the thing. Is Williams going to be active? Is he going to be able to get the shot blocks that Boston needs? Can you get more from the other guys than just Brown and Tatum every game? That's going to be the key. Which one, which of their second crew is going to be able to contribute? Will Golden State's crew be able to contribute or will Boston's others be able to contribute? That's the big question for the rest of this series. The supporting cast. Who else is going to step up? I've been waiting for Clay Thompson to bust out too. I haven't seen him and I haven't heard from him in a month of Sundays. What are we going to are we are we going to get are we going to get game 6 Clay in game 5? Or are we going to get game 6 Clay when Golden State's trailing? What are we going to get out of him? Is Marcus Smart going to be able to do anything? Basically, yeah. Which supporting cast besides, you know, the headliners are going to step up and be the guys to actually be a part of this stage play known as the NBA Finals? That's the question. Yeah, it's going to be something to watch. Same same thing with the hot Stanley Cup Finals. Which other guys besides the headliners that both Tampa and Colorado have will help supply offense? And you know what you're getting with Vasilevsky and Darcy Kemper or whoever Colorado decides to put in there. If Darcy Kemper is kind of struggling. Right. So well, basically these two, basically these series are going to come down to which supporting casts are going to actually, you know, join the fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All four teams in both sports are quite talented. So exactly, you're right, you're right about that. Yeah. You look at look at the women's softball world series. Oklahoma got a little bit of something from everybody. Texas got it from their main people, but not but not but many other folks. That's why Oklahoma got another national championship because they used their depth and everybody helped out. Texas has depth, but I don't know, you know, how much. A lot of those first-time players that have been on this stage could really do anything. It all comes down to the extra folks. Yeah, we didn't have enough strength, as much strength as they did, and they. That, and 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 look, and Don, you know this quite well. You asked me last night in an email, "How are the you know the brackets setting up for the College World Series?" Well, I can tell you, the whole left side is already set up. Yeah, that is my baby, is college baseball, starting with the D3 playoffs, because that was my alma mater was in D3, Mm -hmm. and now into D1. And as we're talking on Monday night, you know, the last two brackets aren't. Well, one's already going, one's going on right now, UConn Stanford, and UConn was up 3-2 when I last checked. Yeah, but by the time our audience hears this, that'll all be said and done. Yep. Uh, but I got to tell you, there, there is a unique thing at 
Omaha, and it's mm-hmm. on it's it's on the the local broadcast on KOZN in Omaha and on the the Westwood One broadcast with, with Kevin. Coo- I think that's with Kevin Kugler and I think Wayne Randazzo. And here's what's unique about it: somehow there are microphones implanted underneath the bases you don't even have that in major league baseball that i know of you, you are can, correct you that can, that's on the i can i can tell you that's from espn's uh pair their, their espn sound and they are allowed to pick that up on the radio you, side you can't and you can't do that in the even in the major leagues so no. when these guys in omaha when they whack the ball you can hear them running from home plate to first base and it's even more exciting than an average broadcast which i know and you got it and you got a six-man crew because both outfield lines have umpires and that's pretty awesome too and now, not only does the local broadcast use that, depending what team you're talking about, some of the schools plug into that system also. Yep. Arkansas, let's see, Arkansas will do it. Oregon State will do it. Well, the winner of the Ar- Ar- the winner of the Oregon Ar- the winner of the Oregon State Auburn, they will do it. Stanford Ole Miss won't. Do they, it. Ne- they never do. Stanford, Stanford. I, I don't remember Stanford ever having a baseball broadcast. Oh, they've if, been there. They've been it, in yeah, there. I know. If they if they do, I don't know, like maybe StanfordCardinal.com or something like that. I don't know. Because that, that's like the hardest thing to find with, with most of these schools, though. <laughs> but, but luckily, I mean, we, we've talked about this like quite often. Because I, I told you to go on TexasSports.com, and they finally resumed at 9.15 last night. It ended at about 12.30. Good Lord. You're kidding me. A five that, that, was, that, was a, that was a four-hour and 50-minute ring delay because it stopped it. Mm. The, the game stopped at like 4.25. Unbelievable. And they finished up at 12.30, yep. right about just behind Oregon State holding off Auburn. Yeah, this all was on Sunday night. Now, Oregon State Sunday night the, and a Monday morning. Oregon State had the weirdest broadcast because it sounded like if you had a record that skipped every yeah, it, 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 does, it does that quite often. It's weird. <laughs> How did you find probably it? the streaming? Yeah, well, yeah, because I'm thinking because I, I literally had to reset my iPad at least three times tonight instead of them. I'm going to try for the Auburn. The the Auburn the Auburn feed is clean. See if that'll skip like the it, it, when I when I checked the Auburn feed, it didn't skip. So that's so the weirdest thing I ever heard. It's six fifteen, and you can't get it on the Varsity app and, or and on the VarsityNetwork.com. And Oregon State didn't always used to do that either. They used well, to have a, a really solid setup. Well, keep in mind yeah. that was on TuneIn before TuneIn went to that stupid paywall. Because now, in order to get that, you got to go through TuneIn Premium. So that's why they had the Varsity Network app, and that's free. And that's why I listened to. Oregon State, and for the most part, yeah, it's pretty clean. Virginia Tech's feed was terrible. I'm sorry, oh, it was brutal. That was Virginia. So I'm like, oh my god. I had to go ahead and, and go to the Oklahoma broadcasts because yeah, that one was clear, rock solid, and they won. They pounded. Yeah, they beat the snot. There was a game Saturday, Connecticut against Stanford, the first game of that series. First yep. of all, the Stanford center fielder, Brock Jones, hit three home runs. And they still lost by a run. I, I know, 13 to 12. That was crazy. I, I didn't hear the game live. I've got it recorded. I haven't heard it yet. I, I, I listened to a little bit of it, and their feed was pretty clean. 
Oh, it would be. Connecticut is solid as a rock. The, the only, the only, the only downside is I miss Jody Ambrosia. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, he I like Crispino, but mm-hmm. I don't care for him. But I like Adam Giardino, his buddy. I've been following him for yeah. He, since I think I, he's like he's now the he'll he'll do the play by play until Bob Joyce is done with women's basketball, and then him and Joyce will do hockey. Yeah, he's solid. Giardino's good. I love Bob Joyce on the oh, women's yeah. games. Working mm-hmm. with Debbie Fisk. Oh, oh yeah. yes. He's They've been, been together for over a decade. Yeah, and before that, they worked with Carol Well, he Walters. worked with Carol Walters, yeah. And I back, used- before, back before they went to ISP slash IMG, now Learfield. Yeah, I used to send Carol Walters fan emails, which she never answered, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I really wanted her to answer one of my messages. But I... um. I want to get to MLB. There are a couple of issues. First of all, the unstoppable Yankees and the unstoppable Phillies all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, they've really gone places. And uh, Well, I think the Phillies are like 8-1. Eight and, eight and one. I think they finally took a loss. They finally uh, did. But look at the Yanks. Yanks are 40-16. and 16. Man, the Yankees are just crushing everybody. And they had a couple of the weirdest games this weekend. I think it was Friday. They had one that went 13 innings. And even with the ghost runner, it was still a two-to-one final score. Which only goes to prove that the ghost runner only works to a point. Exactly. I don't like that rule anyway. I don't, I've never liked that rule. Thank God college baseball never went to it. Right on. Although the whole thing began like because really. of college softball. They had it first before the minors got it and before the majors got it. College softball had it. Well, I, th- so, I think college softball finally went away from it. Now it's just in the minors. I yeah, think. They can, I hope they one day take away ghost runners on the bases. I just like. I think riders. that's supposed to start happening next year. I think. I just like ghost riders in the sky. That's yeah, really. Thing. I agree. Actually, with you uh, Don, they call it the zombie runner. Whatever, but yeah, keep in mind, it doesn't matter what it is. Basically, that rule is basically simple: the last person on your team to make the last out is going to be the lead runner at second base, anyway. So you already know who the guy is. So, like that kind of quashes that ghost runner. That's kind of cool. Like go. you already know who the guy is that made the last out. If you if you get the at bat in the in the bottom half of the inning, you already know who it is. Could they put a pinch runner there legally? Let's say they wanted a pinch runner. I think. Well, I think some teams have done that. I think. I think to get more speed on the base paths, they have lifted the last out for a pinch runner. I think they can do exactly. that. How did they the Phillies yes. get crazy and yes. start winning games when they got rid of Joe Girardi, who's a darn good manager? They, they went back. They basically went back to the basics, and their man, their interim managers basically told them to you know just go back and have fun and just pitch and hit like you normally do. Basically, that's how. Which is what Girardi should have been doing, and normally that's his style anyway. Well, that's his style, but when you have, like, guys that have been in the system, like, going up the ladder from high double-A, triple-A, the big league club has, like, a mandate or whatever for how they want their systems to go and how quickly they want their, you know, their players to come up. And I'm like, okay. So last week, Joe Madden was fired by the Angels. I thought that was totally unnecessary. It's not Joe Madden's fault that the Angels went south. They have a lot of injuries. They're playing poor defense. You know, but really, are you going to blame all that on Joe Madden? Well, keep in mind, like what, what, what's the old adage? They don't, you can't fire everybody. So who do they fire? 
I know, but but I think they could have just held off for a little while longer until their walking wounded came back. Well, I, they have a lot. Of I, I think out. I think they saw the Phillies and said, "Hey, you know, let's just go ahead and rip the bandaid off and start over and give another and give another interim manager an opportunity to see if he's cut out to be the manager, or if not, we can just go find somebody else." Look at what what's the Phillies are doing with the. And what's happening with La Russa? Now the fans in Chicago are chanting, fire Tony, fire Tony. Well. What's happening to him? He's, it's, it's, the, it's the thing that, you know, what, what, do we, what do we talk about quite often on this show? Analytics. La Russa is not an analytics guy. I've known that for the years. He was with the Cardinals. He was with the Cardinals for 16 seasons. And he won two world championships. Once the loud analytics crowd started making a lot of noise of like, oh, the old school manager has no idea what he's doing. Yada, 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 yada. Think about it. When you have See, I, anal- thought, I thought La Russa was an analytics guy because he was one of the first to go with all of these role-playing relief pitchers when he was with Oakland. Well, he did that. But keep in mind, La Russa, he would play matchups. He would always do that He because he, he would not go off of, oh, well, he had the cards, but it's like if he had a hunch, he would play that hunch. He's not one of those guys where it's like, okay, I'm going to pull my starter now after three and then go to my bullpen for six. He's done that, but I just don't know, you know, because the White Sox are in, they're hobbled too. The White Sox have some folks that are on rehab down at AAA Charlotte. Lance Lynn. Yeah, yeah, Lance minutes. Lynn and a few, and then I think that was like another dude that basically because of the numbers game got optioned back to Charlotte so we can get some playing time. I think there's like, hey, Bob. Think, yeah, Mike, before we, before we open it up, it's almost getting time, but uh, yeah, it is. Did you want to, did you want to touch on Peter's, uh, the message Peter sent out or we're going to save it? You no, save we'll it? touch on it briefly. Sure. Go right ahead. Yeah. Well, he was he he made, he made a good a good point about this golf thing. Ah, uh, yes. I was, I was reading. Uh, uh, Phil Mickelson went to uh, went to uh, the golf course yesterday. Uh, he drove up in this in this uh, uh, white SUV, very expensive. Uh, and he sat there before the interview. He was escorted to this podium by police. He made his comments, answered a few questions, and the police escorted him back to the the SUV, and he peeled out of the parking lot. Essentially, he said, uh, "We're going, you know, we're going to go with these guys. We're going to play. Uh, I guess they call it live, live." Yeah, Lib it's golf. the L- it's the L I B it's the L I B the Lib Golf thing. Lib, um, Lib golf. Now there, there's play. been more there's been more than Phil Mickelson that has already defected from there. Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and a few other guys. And the U and the PGA Tour basically said, "Look, if you go over there, guess what? You're banned from other PGA tournaments. But those that are qualified for the U.S. Open next weekend." Are welcome to actually play in the event. They asked him. They asked him if you know how he felt about not being able to play PGA. 
and and essentially he says he says, "Hey, spent you know thirty years there, so but I like the rest of the guys. We're gonna move on and do something different." Well, he well basically somebody somebody said something along the lines of like, "Hey." We're professional contractors. Why can't we golf anywhere in the world we want to? It's like we're it's like the P it's like the PGA and the Lib. It's like they don't want to they don't want to be locked into a PGA tour contract. But Curtis Strange basically said something along the lines on Saturday. I'm already in McGee. Basically, one I think it was either McGee or Ryan Smith. Uh, Ryan McGee or Marty Smith asked the question. It's like. What where does legacy come into this? And Curtis Strange said for like Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and a few of the other guys that have left, he's like, No, they're not building their legacy, they're only fattening their pocketbook. I'm like, hmm, that's a strong stance, Strange. I mean, because like as so as somebody in wrestling, I don't know if we find if you guys follow wrestling, when the million dollar man, he always said, Every man's got a price. And apparently these dudes have billions of dollars as a price to go play in another league. Now, why can't we have the two, like we have the National and American League in baseball, why can't we have the PGA and this new LIB thing? Why because the PGA Tour has been the dominant tour and has been the dominant golfing association for what? Forever. For as long as I can remember, that was like the ultimate dream for a lot of folks. And it's 4.30, maybe a little bit after. So, All right. So if anybody wants to participate that's listening to our show right now, Tom, our facilitator, will instruct them how to raise their hands so they can be recognized, so they can ask us questions about what we talk about and maybe things that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, really. Okay, actually, I'm your host, um, um, Bob. You're, you're actually the facilitator, but anyway, that, that that's no matter. I will tell you before I start this that Zoom is uh, looking completely different than what I'm seeing, what I'm used to. But we'll just go with what I have here. To raise your hand if you're on a PC, that's Alt Y. To uh, and that's a toggle. To mute and all mute is Alt A. Now, if you're on a Mac, to raise. Uh, your hand, that's option Y, uh, and to mute and on mute, that is con, uh, command shift A. Uh, if you're on the smartphone app or whatever, then raise your hand. That's going to be found under the more tab. That's where it usually is. You double tap that and swipe over to it. <clears throat> if you are, um, uh, uh, yeah, okay. That's, and that's on the right side of your screen, on the bottom right side of your screen on your phone. Uh, muting and on muting is on the, the lower left side of your screen on the bottom left. Uh, and then on a regular, uh, touch key, uh, touch, uh, the keypad phone, the old style phone, uh, star nine raises, uh, your hand and, uh, to mute and on mute. That would be star six. And that's the way Zoom usually works. But for me, anyway, it's working a little differently. So I don't know what we're going to have. It's not showing me any any list of names. I opened the participants list and it's giving me a whole, it's got a whole different look and feel today. So I don't know what Zoom has done. So uh, please bear with me. Okay, back to you, Bob. Anybody wishing to ask Anybody. a question at this time? This is Mitch. Go right ahead. Okay, Mitch. I've got to make 
I got to make a couple of quick comments. Joe Madden wasn't fired because uh, of the injuries. He had been at odds with management and uh, and uh, Artie Moreno since spring training. Um, they wanted Matt, they wanted Mike Trout to play in left field. Madden did not, and that was just one of the issues. Uh, secondly, Bob, go ahead. Go secondly, ahead. Uh, Bob. Um, the only team that I root against more than the Yankees as a diehard Dodger fan are the Celtics, and uh, I truly hope the Warriors take them out, uh, and the sooner the better. Um, if anyone heard uh, or can get the podcast of Colin Cowherd's program this morning, he had an excellent interview with Rick Riley, uh, the famous uh, uh, Sports Illustrated writer and uh and golf, uh, uh, golf Sun, book writer. Yeah, I've heard him. Yeah, and he, and, and he just was scathing uh, about the uh, about the golfers who left to uh, to take money from uh, the Saudis and all of the uh, the uh, unfortunate uh, activities that they're uh, that they're involved with. So. Um, just just a quick comment. The one area that I was hoping to, that one of you would talk about uh, is is how name in, image and likeness and the transfer portal is ruining and going to ruin college football. And I say that as an alumnus of the University of Southern California, and and the fact that uh, Lincoln Riley is going to going to bring us back to glory. But but the transfer portal that we're benefiting from this year is really ultimately going to destroy college football. So I'd be interested in, in uh, hearing some comments about that. Before we do, I'm going to respond to something that you said, Mitch, about Madden and the desire by his superiors to have Mike Trout in left field. This is only another example of how upper management seems, and I'm using that word very carefully, seems to want to run field management. I hear this all the time about Bloom and Alex Cora with the Red Sox. Alex Cora, a lot of times, is doing things based on what his general manager wants done. The field manager should have complete authority on the field. The general manager should buy the groceries. The field manager should cook the groceries. Um, I'm assuming that upper management might wants Mike Trout to play left field. I don't know why that's a big deal to upper management. I really don't. Madden is a veteran manager. He knows what he's doing. My guess would be is because I may have another player in mind to play center field and have Trout being left so they could cover left and center. The issue was that they, he's injury prone. They're concerned about uh, moving into left field where he wouldn't put as much strain on his uh, body. He's been he's been injured prone in his whole career. So I mean, why why are they why are they why are they concerned about that now? He's been playing center his whole career. What is it? Twelfth year, I think, in the league or something like well, that. Well, I think that's the I think that's the point, Luke. The fact that he's played center field for all these years and he's getting injured a lot. You do the have range, a hand base, the range, by the way. The range you have from playing center, you know, going from right to left, covering, trying to cover the alleys. Uh, in 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 if you play at the extremities right or left, your range is a little bit less. We go to our next. Before we go to our next participant, does anybody want to respond to Mitch's last comments? 
let me let me hit that let me hit that uh, uh, NIL stuff because uh, you know I, I we talked about that earlier on an earlier episode, but yes, it 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 is really significant. There were over two thousand uh, transfers in in the transfer portal this year. Now they're starting to put dollar amounts on on particular players, the top three quarterbacks uh, as, as of today are worth over uh, $300 million or something like that. You know? So they're, 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 they're putting dollar amounts on these kids, and some of them haven't even thrown a football yet. And so the focus is going to be on the money rather than skill set. Uh, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler, transferred from Oklahoma, uh, hasn't played a down for for uh, for I believe it's South Carolina, and he's 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 got big money going after him. So that that's the that's, I, I agree with with uh, with with what Mitch is saying. Hey, Tom, who do we have next? Okay, next we have Herbie Allen next. Herbie. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. A uh, couple of things that you did not talk about. Um, well, one thing you didn't talk about and one idea that I have. So um, that may or may not help. Um, first of all, so you were talking about red hot teams, and I noticed you talked about the Phillies, but you forgot to mention the more important team. Oh, sorry, more a matter of personal opinion. But uh, the Atlanta Braves, um, <clears throat> 11 wins in a row, just, you know, just swept the Pirates right out of, um, you know, Atlanta. Like, uh, give them the broomstick, gave the previous series the broomstick. I mean, you know, do you think we have a team now finally uh, that's, you know, on the vergence uh, of actually becoming – a legitimate contender once again. And um, also, you know, my uh, Seattle Mariners aren't doing too bad either. Yeah, we did lose uh, to the Boston Red Sox in the series, but they were close games. They weren't uh, blowouts. And we, after that, you know, not and right before that, you know, we just swept the uh, Astros out of, uh, you know, in Houston. And that, and that always... Uh, the Red, Sox took, to the Red Sox took six out of seven from the Mariners. Yes. So, but that, you know, I mean, I think the Mariners still have, you know, I'd love to see them win. I think we still got a long way to go before we're a legitimate playoff contender. But things, you know, at least I've, I noticed that sometimes you really can't judge baseball truly until after the all-star break. And that's when I think we really find out the teams. Um but, uh, you know, I don't think you can ignore the Atlanta Braves now. I mean, granted, Oakland, yeah, that's a team that everybody should beat. So, um, but, you know, I, you know, we'll see how that, uh, you know, there is. And how, but, and the other thing, though, is that is significant, and I have to give the Phillies the credit for this. I mean, if you're the Mets right now, you suddenly have two teams barreling down upon you after you've been in the lead for so long. I mean, that cannot be a comfortable feeling. Atlanta. So even if you're, yep, Atlanta and Philly, yeah, they're both suddenly you know hotter yeah. than the Mets right now. So if 
even if you're a fan, of, you know, so um, I, I think that's going to be a bit of an uncomfortable feeling for the Mets. And well, they, we, we've seen this movie before with the Mets where they yeah. had a big lead only to gag. And well, I mean, think about it. if you're in a place called Flushing, doesn't that mean your seat seems likely to go down the toilet? Well, yeah, it would. Now, um, well, I did have one other thing related to college baseball that I wanted to suggest real quick. Or do you want me to come back to that? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So you were talking about the streams cutting out. Um, one, I don't know if, if you're subscribed to SiriusX, um, you could go try. I know they have the national stream. I just not have looked to see if they have. I like, don't the local. think they have a lot of local feeds on uh, SiriusXM because I've I've listened to a few of the college broadcasts, okay. and for the most part, it's been basically all national feed. Unless you're listening to like Big Twelve Computer Network stuff. Radio with Texas. <laughs> Okay, I can. Yeah, I hadn't. I paid a little bit of attention to college baseball. I knew they had the national feeds. Um, so yeah, that, now that that's what I that's what I've seen for the most part. But with the varsity right. app, almost all the Learfield streams are clean, <laughs> like Arkansas, North Carolina, Auburn. I mean, Oregon State is clean, but sometimes it can kind of skip like a nineteen, like right. an old uh, um, old RPM from time to time. But for the most part, the stream is pretty clean. Yep. Tom, do we have anybody else on down the pipe? Anybody else? I don't see anybody at this time. Okay. We encourage you to participate. Ask us any question that's on your mind in the world of sports whenever you have an opportunity. Now remember, remember we talked we talked about the um NIL and the transfer portal with um when Pete was here. We were talking about, you know, with you know, athletes that he has to tutor, like they, they were, they were saying USC is going to be the biggest, you know, the biggest uh, benefactor. Beneficiary, the, yeah, yeah beneficiary. the benefit, yeah, the benefactor, beneficiary of this name, image, and likeness thing. Because now this is no longer about you know what the best school is. The best school is who's offering the best, who's going to give you the most money. That's, but that's remember, this, we talked about it in, in light of uh, Nick Saban and him yep. coming out with his comments. And, mm-hmm. uh, and basically, uh, Jimbo Fisher and to, Deion Sanders, yeah. To his, <laughs> to, his, <laughs> to his big money donors. Bring, yep. bring more money to the table. Hey, guys. Now, I want to bring something here to the table uh, since we since we basically kind of talked about the train wreck Deshaun Watson, a, new, a very scathing. New York Times article came out over the weekend. Major train wreck. Yeah, well, yeah, beyond major train wreck. But I, but the number is now sixty six. That's basically. Uh, I was listening to uh, uh, Steve Hartman and his broadcast partner over the weekend on Fox Sports Saturday, and they basically averaged it out like for all the women and the massages and stuff. Sixty six women. That is a woman a week for seventeen months, and I'm like, that's disturbing. At what not all of them were masseuses, though, right? Not all or, of them. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is, at, do we? At what point does Goodell just say, you know what, you're suspended for the year without pay? I mean, at what point do we? Because I mean, we're getting close to training camps, the official training camps to open up in about a month from now. Can this is Mitch? May I comment? Sure. True. 
ahead, Mitch. It it goes beyond Deshaun Watson. Now the Houston Texans have yeah, been that, implicated. Yeah, that that came that came in on Friday. Right, that, and and they're they're uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be a it's going to be a problem. I I can see them uh, being sanctioned in some way. Maybe losing a couple of draft choices. Tony, uh, something that's going to happen has to happen to the Texans too. Tony Busby, now, here, 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 Tony here, Busby, here, who the, is a part of this well, whole oh, thing. Oh, right. Let me let me let me let me add a little flavor to that one. Uh, Please feel free, because that's where I was going with Tony Busby. That's so it, it it said that because previously we thought that Tony was in cahoots with the Texans and we still we still don't know the whole thing. Right. Tony Busby lives not too far from the McNairs. Tony Busby we know, you know, based on around town comments and people that we know around town. We know that Tony Busby has been in contact or they've been seen, you know, sort of hobnobbing with the McNairs. Right. So months before this came out, speculation uh, around town was, did the Texans have anything to do with this? Were they, were they trying to get rid of Deshaun? Uh, well, keep in mind, they were, they were going to get rid of him anyway because of his big yeah, contract. We, we, we didn't try to, we could, we were trying to figure out what, the Texans' involvement. Oh, the, oh the Texans had major involvement because from what I heard on Friday, they're going to go after the Texans because they want to find out because from what I'm hearing that the Texans did know about this. And I have a, I have a strange feeling that, you know, that I would not be shocked if Roger Goodell comes down hard on the Texans, comes down hard on Deshaun Watson, and I don't know. Could would you know? Would the Cleveland Browns be caught up in this mess? Would they have to lose something because of not doing their due diligence? Maybe they lose a draft pick in all this too. My question is: Why would Roger Goodell allow Cleveland to sign Watson in the first place? Well, keep in mind this was the Texans looking for a trade partner. So basically, the Texans are trying to get a haul back of draft picks. That trade should have been nullified. Exactly. Well, well, the 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 whole the whole thing was that that uh, they wanted to uh, 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 well, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> It'll come back. <laughs> the uh, Cleveland Browns' punishment is that they'll have to start Baker Mayfield this year. That's true, because they didn't want Mayfield either. I wonder what Mayfield's thinking of all this right now. <laughs> In other words, Cleveland, you don't want me, but look what you got instead. Yeah, basically, it was like, a, it was like what was it? Two firsts, two seconds, I think a third and a fourth, and a fifth, I think. Something like that. It was, a, it was like two or three firsts, because the Texans wanted a few first-round picks in the deal. And basically, they just signed to a five-year, two hundred fifty million dollars contract. But do you remember the trade that they that the at the time the New Orleans franchise was trying to do to send Chris Paul to the Lakers? And David Stern stepped in and said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you're not going there. 
you're going to go to the Clippers. Imagine if Chris Paul would have gone to the Lakers. You think he would have a championship by now if David Stern wouldn't have stepped in? The late I'd David say Stern? No. I'd say no, because the Lakers, I think, are worse off now with all the divas than they would have been had they not made those trades with exactly. the Pelicans, Bulls, and Wizards. I'm talking about the year when Chris Paul was going to, when they, when the, when the New Orleans franchise was going to trade him to the Lakers. And yeah, I'm trying David to think Stern this. Yeah. stepped in and said no. So he was forced to go to the, I think it was like a three-team swap where the where New Orleans got something. I think OKC was in the deal and the Clippers got Chris Paul out of it. Unfortunately, so what I think we're past the day and time when the commissioner you know, steps in and does what's right. Bowie Kuhn did it in baseball up to an extent by mm-hmm. trying to stop Charlie Finley from unloading all his guys before free agency began. Rudy yep. Fingers and Blue. Right, exactly. And then you had what you just talked about with David Stern, and of course, the ultimately when Judge Landis, you know, getting rid of eight ball players for life. Yep. As he should have. Yep. And for Duchon, the Black Sox scandal. Yep. Duchon, maybe not for life, but at least for a, two years, I'd say. I, I would, I would say, two years. if I look, if, if I'm Goodell, I'm looking really hard at what MLB basically told Trevor Bauer and said, look, you're going to get two years. 320 some odd games, and then we'll see where you are after that. And those years do not count on Trevor Bowers. So basically, basically his contract is stuck right where it is. So whenever he comes back, that will not count. So the Dodgers still have two more years of control for him of him. And it's my, lucky my that he's came. getting my away thought, that my thought came back. My, my thought came back right quick over over over, over this Deshaun thing. What they what they were working on or working from? We're talking about Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed him because they they the the criminal charges. That's what they were waiting on. The criminal they they could the grand jury couldn't find criminal charges, and so now everything is civil. But even from the NFL's. Uh, it's still conduct detriment. It's still conduct detriment because they can right. Because so now they can they can basically to... they can basically spend them either with pay or without pay. I have a feeling it's going to be without, which basically means that Sean Watson would have lost two years. Still, he has four years left. But that means you're knocking off two years of not playing. And can he make that up in time? He's he's young enough that that he that he could, but. Let's just say he's going to be around. He's going to be around sure. thirty when he when he gets back on a playing field. What? But let let's just say that's if it goes through. Yeah, if it goes through. Right. Let let's say it. Let's say it happened, and he's yep. guilty of 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 all of these. Guiltier things. than sane. There's more problems than his physical prop. His his ability to play football. Yep. The kid needs some some psychological help to control himself. Exactly. And 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 so if 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 that is the case, if if these civil suits uh, come for forth and he's found guilty, uh, he's go- it's going to cost him a lot of money. But he needs to they, they need to leave him a little bit to get some psychological help. Well, that I'm thinking that probably might be if you know if they find him guilty, however much time if he gets jail time, if Roger Goodell says, hey, you know, you're suspended for a year, you got to go get you know. 
You need to go get counseling. So before you can even step back on the field, we need to see that you've actually cleaned up your act before you even get back on the field again. And who knows how long that'll take. So, but even if he's not found guilty, depending on how long his suspension is, I, you know, he could still have to go to counseling before he could even step back on the field. Well, I, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that being a part of the suspension. And from what I've heard, he admitted to Rusty Harden that he did have relations that went further than with a some massage of with some of them. So basically, he already basically told on himself. If this is true. this is Mitch, and there were there are no criminal charges pending against Watson. So not uh, yet. Whatever. Well, uh, there's. <laughs> You know, what do they have? 60, yeah. 60 women, and it hasn't happened yet. 60, but the other, 60, the other 24 lawsuits. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I was going to say is if the two year suspension is upheld against Trevor Bauer, and I hope it is, um, by the time that suspension ends, the Dodgers uh, will not have a contractual obligation to him. That's why they're hoping that the two year suspension is upheld. They're all the, the Dodgers. Totally. Well, the Dodgers are doing just fine without them. Well, we we haven't the last two weeks, um, but I still hope for a Yankee Dodger uh, World Series. Now that would be fun. Quite possible. Yep, that would be fun because I don't want to see the Mets like we had in 2015. I really don't, because that was an embarrassment of a World Series. Royals v Mets. Ugh, I don't want to see that again. Although San Francisco might have a lot to say. Well, the well, San Francisco's got to jump over San Diego first. I think they will, because the Padres are only a half game back. I'll settle for another Astros Dodgers World Series. Are we? Are we gonna? Are we gonna? If if there's an Astro Dodgers series, Michael, are we gonna have to do it in Vegas again? We'll do it. In Vegas. We'll do it. <laughs> I'll put it this way: insert insert comment here. The battle of the billionaire teams. <laughs> yeah, the battle of the the battle of the billionaires and the cheater heirs. Well, I wasn't going to give Michael a bad time. He's, you know, we've already <laughs> he and I have already talked about the Astros. Now he's got the Texans. There's an ethical crisis down there where you live, my man. Yeah, really. Well, well I, I haven't I haven't heard I anything admit, on the Rockets I yet, except to, for except for the trade of James Harden. That was the only thing about the Rockets I, so I, far. I, I admit to being. An Astros and a Rockets fan, but I'm a Cowboys fan, so don't worry about the Texans. Texas. Hey, hey, Mike, I have a question. Hold on. Mike, I have a question for you. Speaking of your boys, speaking of, what are they going to do with this two-headed backfield with Fat Cat Ezekiel Elliott getting paid his money and basically kind of loafing on the field compared to Tony Pollard? Well, you think they made, you think they made a mistake? on keeping Zeke when they could have just went ahead and traded him, gotten draft picks, and let Tony Pollard be the feature back. Because well, it seems like a, Pollard big, gives them more. Big, that's a big subject in, in, in Cowboy land. They are, there's an article today in, in the paper talking about they're going to get him more touches, the, the, and I don't know how they're going to do this, without taking away touches for, 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 for Zeke. But so what they're going to use him as is a, is a two-headed monster. They're going to do. They're going to pat, get him the ball on the outside. My worry about Pollard 
is that he's not big enough to take. I know where you're going. Yes, he's small. Yes, he's a jitterbug. He's not big enough to take the pounding. I remember at Memphis, he he dealt with the same thing. I I followed him. You got to use him differently. You got to use him. Yeah, pass catcher. We're down. We're down receivers, so we got to use him. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to you got to use him in third downs. You got to get him, you know, pass catches out of the backfield, screen passes. Yeah, things like that. Empty. Yeah. So there's, there's. I mean, you can use Tony Pollard in a lot of different ways, and I don't know if you're going to be able to do that with Zeke. We have about four My- minutes left. Tom, do we have anybody at this time? Not that I'm seeing. Let me have another look here. Mitch, are you going to comment on something? If he was. I thought I heard somebody about to comment. Yeah, Michael, there was a story yesterday. They are going to be using Pollard as a slot receiver uh, with Elliott in the backfield. Smart. I mean that that's good that they're using him as a slot, but I think he's better when he's out wide. That's just my thought. I mean, they used him as a slot in college. So I listen to a lot of them in the Tiger broadcasts. So they used him a lot in slot and empty and motioning him back out of the backfield for pass catch purposes as well. And that and I think that's what today's league is becoming. More of a, you know, empty backfield, use motion. You know, and get and get guys that are athletic enough where you can get them in space. Well, see, he's got the speed to to play receiver. He can oh, play of course. That. And that's what I said. We're down. We're down receivers now, uh, especially with the Cooper. Uh, yeah, trading him to the Browns. Yeah, so that we are out of time. Yeah, we are out of All time, right. gentlemen. I'm thank sorry you. to we're have to break time. that news. Uh, Fifty-eight p.m. program. We are out of time, and I want to thank everybody. Tom for being our host. Thank you, Tom. I also want to thank Luther, Michael, and Don for participating. As always, Peter, we miss you. You uh, are missed. We hope you come back next week. And I want to thank our participants for helping along the program as well. Thank you, everybody. Go safe with God's abundant blessings and take care.